by the time you hear this podcast, blood will be thicker than everything. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're here with episode 99. What's special about episode 99? I was what's what was Robin's number? It was it was 91. Ah, we missed that one. Okay. Oh, this would be the the JJ Watt or Warren Sapp episode. <laughs> JJ Watt, Warren Sapp, or aka Warren Sapp, aka uh, the man who kept us from seeing The Rock as a football player, a pro football player. Yeah. I'm convinced. Oh, did he, he take his spot? Probably. Well, no, like if, if Warren Sapp never went to Miami, like I don't. Th- I think maybe we see the launch well, of the football career of, of Dwayne Johnson. I think The Rock like tried to make it. Like he was in the CFL and he got cut. Oh, oh, he couldn't cut it. Okay, never mind then. Um I don't. I don't. I don't know. If, I'm not sure if, if they even cross paths at at Miami. Oh, for real? Yeah. That was, like that sucks. <laughs> well, I mean that <laughs> that the Rock was gone by the time Warren Sapp got there. Oh, I never knew that. Everyone always said that was the reason he didn't start. No. Oh, that's no. That's absurd. Then okay, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> go Warren Sapp. Um. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is our 99th episode, of course, and uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone. Yum, yum, yum. I uh, hope you enjoy your leftovers. Yeah. Uh, Have you enjoyed some leftovers yet? Well, not today. I not have. today. I, 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 had a, I had another. <laughs> I had a plate last night, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't uh, have any leftovers today. Not yet. So. So I, I feel like this comes up every year, and I don't want to harp too long on it. Um, have you seen any weird versions of macaroni and cheese? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so if you can remember, uh, I think it was the comedian Kev on stage posted a video last year. Uh, well, the, the video came out last year from the Food Network where they made that mac and cheese yeah. with the carrots and squash and Brussels sprouts and stuff. So... This year, he found another one, or someone probably sent this to him, 
uh, pumpkin mac and cheese. Yeah. Pumpkin mac and cheese. Pumpkin. So, um, like with pumpkin flavoring or like actual like bits of pumpkin? Bits of pumpkin. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. That sounds awful. Well, pumpkin flavoring, pumpkin spice mac and cheese doesn't make any sense either. No, it does not. But at least there's not bits of pumpkin. <laughs> that sounds awful. Another one where weird one I saw was uh, mac and cheese pancakes. <laughs> what are we? <laughs> oh, God. Mac and cheese pancakes? Like art. Are white people trying to come up with their own soul food? Is that what's going on? I I feel like they're just see if it'll see if it catches. <laughs> like this is what happens when like everyone can, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, how they say, like, you know, like, man, I never knew this sort of stuff was going on. Like it's probably been going on for years. People now just have a way to share it. They have <laughs> social media, they have YouTube, and they're just like, like this weird creation that I just came up with, like, oh, we took some pancakes and put some mac and cheese in there, um, and it's pretty good, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like, I, there's, say that with a straight face. Say that it's good <laughs> and you have a straight face. Oh, God, that sounds awful. It can't, you know, like, just just make it normal, people. I try to remember what I, because uh, I talked about this last year, mm-hmm. where it was... Um, Oh, the potato salad with apples. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think over the summer, there was someone who was upset about potato salad with raisins. Oh, yeah. That was um, uh, when um, Chadwick, Bo- Chadwick, Chadwick Bozeman on SNL on Black Jeopardy. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> with, with raisins. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. No, yeah. That was that was pretty popular. Um, I've never seen it made with raisins. I don't know why you put raisins in it. it. Sounds disgusting. But then again, I don't like potato salad, so I'm the wrong person to be asking. Uh, I like potato salad uh, minus apples and raisins. And raisins. <laughs> okay, it, it's you don't have to add stuff to it. Okay, but um, uh, back to introducing the podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, so thank you for everyone who's listened and downloaded so far. Uh, Trying not to do this as sporadically, but we we got stuff going on. Um, yes, we have. I'm lives. I'm being a sports reporter. Uh, ben is planning a wedding. Uh, I'm nodding, but yes, I am. I'm <laughs> yes. planning a wedding. <laughs> like you can he see, really, he, he actually is. Yes, <laughs> so um, not able to um, record as often as we'd like, but hopefully it will be uh, a little more consistent. Maybe the new year. I, I don't know. I, Y'all got to check out Greg's stuff, though. He is He's not joking. He really is a sports reporter. Yeah. He's not just like some dude. He's <laughs> actually like covering. <laughs> he's interviewing like NBA players. It's, it's, it's pretty dope, actually. Yeah, if they if they are willing to be. They're willing to talk. <laughs> if they're willing to talk. Uh, Yeah, man. You know, I just go out there and give 100%. <laughs> it's like, thank uh, you for it's, your stock answers. <laughs> and look, it's. I think the. The players, like, I think any professional athlete is coached to be boring. Yeah. Because you, like, you don't you, want that you, sound clip. You don't you want to be that rarely person. find the athletes that are, like, interesting mm-hmm. interviews. It's because they're just trying not to draw that kind of attention yeah. to themselves to where they might say something wrong. Like with Kyrie Irving. Like, in the heat of the moment, he was just like, fuck Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
And That's then they had to go so back weird. and apologize. But I think it was like, it may have been, like they had just lost the game. Yeah. So there's probably a weird question to ask. Yeah. Like, oh, so what are you going to eat for Thanksgiving? Man, fuck Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, man. I just lost a game. <laughs> Curry Irving, do you believe that Thanksgiving is flat? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. They don't, no one wants to be a Kyrie Irving. You don't want to be a Draymond Green. Like, it's just, yeah. so I totally get it. But yeah, you know, check his stuff out. Um, it's it's good. I, I I check it out often. So, props. Uh, if you want to follow this podcast, however, mm-hmm. we are on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You, we also have a website by the time you hear this dot com. And we also are on, uh, well, with the Facebook URL website spelled uh, by the time you hear this with the word you while you on Instagram, it is spelled differently. We're at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're urban. Yes. Yes, we are. And that's the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist and send us your music, we'll play it on the show for absolutely free. And if you want to listen to us on the go and um, ignore that annoying coworker who's keeps trying to, they're trying to convince you to try the potato salad with raisins and or apples. Ugh, leave that at the potluck, man. Don't touch that. <laughs> or their pumpkin-flavored dish, which pumpkin should not be involved in the dish. Just going to take a guess. <laughs> their cat was probably crawling on the on the counter <laughs> near where the food was being prepared. Don't try it. <laughs> so if you want to avoid them uh, while having your earbuds in, you can listen to us on the go in podcast form, of course. Uh, on on iTunes, aka Apple Podcast, if you have an iPhone, on Google Music, if you have an Android phone, and any podcast aggregate app, uh, such as uh, we well, we're on Podomatic, but also there is uh, TuneIn, Overcast, Castbox, Auto Radio, Play FM, and Satchel Podcast Player, and I'm sure there are other several podcast uh, apps yeah. out there. And if you want to look for um, podcast by topic, you can go to listennotes.com. It's a search engine for podcasts. Uh, you can search whatever topic, and you could maybe find a podcast that talks about that particular topic. On mm-hmm. our last episode, we did a Because Five of Madonna songs. So if you type in Madonna, you may see us come up. Well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you can go to listennotes.com for that. All right, so let's get into some music news. Um, so uh, Taylor Swift, a.k.a. the fake news of pop music, is making some real news, I guess, with a new record contract. She is leaving Big Machine Records. Yeah, they did. They fought tooth and nail to keep her many <laughs> years ago, so I'm I'm very <laughs> surprised she's leaving them, especially since I thought her father owned like a stake in that company, but... Yeah. True. And she is going to, I don't know why the phone's ringing, but she (laughs) is going to Universal Music Group, and it is going to be one of the biggest artist deals in history. Uh, She negotiated with Universal to give her rights to all of her master records, and other artists could end up doing the same. And uh, she spent over 10 years with Big Machine. She won 10 Grammys, the youngest ever winner 
of the Album of the Year Grammy and the only woman to win it twice. Well, uh, there's also Adele, but anyway. Um, she don't, don't give Adele credit. <laughs> she's the only artist ever to make four albums that sold a million copies in their first week. Um, but she also is um, made some, broke some records as far as touring. She broke her own record for the highest grossing concert <laughs> tour. Uh, making over $191 million, and she still did not own the rights to her master records at the time. Which is really surprise, surprising an artist of her stature not being able to do that, but, you know, kind of lets you know when you when you start out, that was her first record contract, so, yeah. And uh, her contract expired this month, and she became a free agent. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Universal ends up signing her. The deal is undisclosed, but I... Ben, you said it was two hundred million. Yeah, it's around two hundred million dollars. Um, could net her as high as two hundred eighty million dollars. So um, she ain't gonna be broke. <laughs> and it guarantees her the rights to all of her future records. So she will own the masters. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's a very big deal to artists because um, you get to do a lot more with. You have just more, you know, control over your music, and you can remix it how you want. You yeah. can license it how you want. One of the first artists really of this generation to make a big deal about that was Soldier Boy, ironically. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he continues to make money. <clears throat> he hasn't had any hits Mm-mm. since Kiss, Kiss Me, Me Through, through the, the Phone, phone yeah. but <laughs> he continues to make money because he tours around the world and he releases music whenever, whenever he feels like it, but people do buy it, but he gets basically all the money yeah. from whatever he makes. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Future artists, this will this will be something for future artists to to look for to obtain. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll say for all the grief we give her, and God knows she deserves it. Um, <laughs> there is a lot that she has done with her um, her power, her stature, whatever you want to call it, to really try to move forward the um, the earnings of musicians. You know, I think she's the type of person that kind of came in and said. Just because streaming is a big thing and just because, um, you know, downloading, digital downloads are a big thing doesn't mean that artists still can't make a living doing this. And she's one of really the few big, big artists that's really pushed for like songwriters to get paid more. Like that was the reason she was on Spotify for a long time, because she didn't like how much the songwriters got paid off of the streams. Um, And, you know... A lot of I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you continue to see her crusade for these sorts of things to help musicians, not just herself, but, you know, musicians in general, because, I mean, she's not a major writer. She's thinking of the people who are just, you know, they're not the big names. They're the people who are helping her put these hits out, aren't getting paid what they deserve. You know, so I really got to kind of, you know, commend her for that, that even in, in everything that she does, you know, outside of her being, you know, extra She's, you know, she's really thinking about helping out smaller artists, I think. So kudos to her for that. And uh, speaking of the streaming that you mentioned, she has it in her contract that whenever Universal Music Group, who is a major investor in Spotify, if they sell any of their shares in the future, it must distribute the profits to all of the artists on the label. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's thinking of, you know, like I said, we give her a lot of grief, and she has earned it, but she does think of other artists. And so right here, right there, you know, <laughs> it's in the contract. She's going to make sure that everyone on the label eats. 
Uh, so definitely, as you said, uh, we definitely commend her for that. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor Swift has made a lot of money over the last <laughs> year. Um, yeah. But is she the highest paid woman in music this year? Not exactly. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little surprised by the list. <laughs> so Forbes came out with their uh, ranking of the best paid women in music. And the top of the list is none other than Katy Perry. Do we have a name for her? We do not. You know, though, she's not on the charts enough for us to really give no, her one. No, Which is why this is all the more surprising. Because you would think that, okay, well, did, <clears throat> did Witness sell that well? No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, it, it debuted at number one, but then the next week it dropped to number 13. Yeah. Uh, but she did make $83 million between June 2017 and July 2018. And it did not, as you said, did not come from the sale of uh, Witness, but it did come from the tour for Witness and being a judge on American Idol, which may be be somewhere between 20 to 25 million. So being a judge on these talent shows gets you a lot of money. Um, That's the only reason why... uh, Adam Levine is still he just keeps on the voice. <laughs> he is getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the music is. And the other members of Maroon yeah. 5 are just sitting there like. That's why we call them Adam and Levine. When we go on tour, man. like when we, go- <laughs> we can't name anybody else in the band. <laughs> I cannot. There, there might be a guitar player named Jesse, I think. <laughs> Unless he left because, you know. Probably one of us probably like a co-writer on all the songs. We just don't know who he is. <laughs> He's getting paid. Yeah, that's it's crazy though, man. Like the next, I mean, like honestly, without that show, Taylor Swift would out would have out earned her. You know, Taylor Swift brought in eighty million dollars without a show. <laughs> yeah, um, but with with the tour, it it made it grossed around a million dollars a night, according to Forbes. Uh, and she was able to take home at maybe fifty million of that. That's pretty nice. So here's nice. the top 10 from 10 to 1. Number 10, well, we'll start with number 1. Number 1 is Katy Perry at 83 million. Number 2, Taylor Swift at 80 million. Number 3, Beyonce. Number 4, Pink. Number 5, Lady Gaga. Number 6, Jennifer Lopez. Number 7, Rihanna. Number 8, Helene Fisher. Number 9, Celine Dion. And number 10, Britney Spears. I'm very curious. So, look, you know, we looked up Helene Fisher before this. And you were mentioning she is the biggest non-English speaking pop star. Right. I wonder at what point does she, you know, release an English speaking album to really kind of go ahead and, you know, like be that Enrique Iglesias, you know, because right before Enrique released um, Balamos, he was one of the biggest artists in the world. It's just no one in America knew who he was. So I wonder, does she have her Enrique moment where she's just like, all right, I want to make some of this money, some of this American money. We'll have to see. Like her, her last album came out in May 2017, uh, but because of her popularity, you know, she is. She looks like she has uh, sung Disney songs in German. Wow. Uh, she is selling out shows around the world. Yeah, she definitely does not need our money. No, she. You're doesn't. earning 32 million dollars a year and getting on a list with some of the biggest pop stars in the world, and you know, many people in the English speaking world probably don't know who you are. I think she's doing just fine. <laughs> just be curious to see if she does it. Yeah, she. Um, I, I I think it's it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, how I, old is she? 
She is she is thirty four. Okay, that'd be interesting to see. So it it it's I feel like it's something that's going to happen, and or you probably got to like kind of bring her along. Maybe she'll be featured on somebody's song first, mm-hmm. but then also consider that with her being a pop singer, mm-hmm. what is pop in America right now versus what is pop in Russia? What is pop in Russia or Germany? Yeah. So. She doesn't really have to do it. Yeah. Because I feel like her, if she had to do pop in America, that means she got to have a rapper on it. Yeah. And and how do Germans or or Russians look at hip hop in America? Yeah. You know, it might ruin her image. I mean, I don't know how they treat her. Like, we just found out about Helene Fisher like 20 minutes ago. So, so, uh, who knows, like, if if that would change what her image is. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think it's going to be considered as far as her crossing over to America. Yeah. You heard it here first, people. Helene Fisher. We talked about her first. We discovered her. All right? So when she comes over, um, she has to be on our show. (laughs) She needs to (laughs) guess. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then with everyone else on the list, you you wonder, like, where the the money may have come from. Uh, I think with. With Britney Spears, or like you said, her Vegas residence, mm-hmm. uh, Celine Dion, it, it, people just still buy her music. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna, I think a lot of a lot of her money came from uh, her being a featured artist, and that and the streaming from that, mm-hmm. yeah. and then her own stuff also being streamed. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, um, I, I don't I know, have no clue. And I, she's because she's not a judge anymore, is she? No, because she was on the the Fox version of American Idol, the last season of that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Lady Gaga, I think she was on a major tour, and then I don't know if they're counting the the uh, A Star Is Born money already. So it <laughs> looks like Celine Dion actually toured. Okay. Well. Yeah, she toured from. Um, not surprising. June twenty sixth to August. That's not a tour. Like that was really that was like uh that's a lot of shows though. Oh my god. So from the twenty sixth of June to the fourteenth of August, twelve shows in Asia, ten in Ocean, oh, twenty two shows. Okay, I thought it was like forty two. I was like, that's a lot. But yeah, that's still twenty two shows in that short amount of time is still a lot for someone her age. And some people might say, Well, what about Beyonce's on the run tour? Not all of the dates were counted mm-hmm. as far as this uh how much money was made. So if they do this when they do this next year, yeah, those will be added. those will you. It will be all those shows from August on. I don't know if they're still on tour right now, but I don't either. Uh, that that will count towards you know how much money would be made for for her. Seven hundred million dollars. That's how much Celine Dion is worth. I thought it'd be more. That's a lot, though. Still, I mean, still a lot. <laughs> That's I, th- I thought it would be a little bit more, but yeah. I think the only billionaire is Paul McCartney, I think. Yeah. Well, Jay-Z. Jay-Z's a, oh, because of um um his stake in Rockefeller? Yeah. Okay. And, and title. Okay. And, oh, and, and Dr. Dre. Yeah, beats. Yeah. All right, so uh let's get to the uh charts here. Uh well before we do that, uh congratulations to Dua Lipa. Yeah. Uh their song New Rules has cracked 1.5 billion, billion plays on YouTube. Let's see how many plays she has on Spotify. 
I'm going to pull it up right now. New Rules is past a billion. A billion streams on Spotify as well. So uh, congratulations to her. Um, I don't know how many other videos have passed a billion views, but uh, so yeah, congratulations to Dua Lipa, 1.5 billion streams on YouTube. I can't remember the last time. I think it was uh, something by Linkin Park. Numb. Yeah, Numb in, hit yeah. a billion, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's nice to see that, that, you know, people are still paying attention. <laughs> Some people are still <laughs> listening or watching the video, you know, so long after it comes out or just playing it multiple times. And I think the um, the the advent of uh, YouTube music has helped as well. Yeah, I definitely think it has. All right, so uh, let's get to the charts here. Uh, number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 for the last two weeks is by the strongest ponytail in the game <laughs> or the hardest working ponytail in the game, Ariana Grande, with Thank You, Next. Uh, I did listen to the song, uh, the, 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 the song in full. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think people are just like, Hungry for Ariana Grande. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. And she already has an album out. So, yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but she has, I think people were just, just wanted some Mm -hmm. Ariana, some new stuff. Uh, Number two, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott with an uncredited um, perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number three, Happier by Marshmello and Bastille. I still have not listened to this song. <laughs> number four, Without Me by Halsey. Uh, number five, Girls Like You by Adam and the Levines, featuring love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Number six, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Uh, and a story about that real quick. Um, Sting, mm-hmm. uh, because it sampled... Um, Shape of my heart. Shape of my heart. Yeah. <clears throat> Sting is getting 85% my God. of the royalties for Lucid Dreams. And uh, he is known for getting uh, as much as he possibly can if you sample one of his songs. Jesus. I, I believe for I'll Be Missing You. Yeah. I think he's listed as the only songwriter. Really? I'm I'm gonna look this up right now, but I saw this uh, the story that he is he is very aggressive <clears throat> as far as getting um, getting his royalties. Okay, he well he is listed with with Faith Evans and um, Todd Gaither and Alfred Brumley, but notice. But, Diddy is not listed as a writer. Diddy is not listed as a writer. He's listed yes, as a producer. Yeah, but not a writer. So, um, you know who is not credited on that song? Biggie, because he wrote all the, he's stealing all the, <laughs> Post stealing all his rhymes. <laughs> Somehow well, he, he didn't wrote, write this song. You don't know that. <laughs> well, that's, that's some, that's some major yeah, premonition like, right there. He was like, hey man, in case you die, can you write a song about how I'll be missing you? <laughs> <laughs> let me stop. Oh man, let me stop. I'm just saying. 
But um, but yeah. So the the higher this song that song goes up the charts, more money for Sting. Uh, number seven, Mo Bamba, not the basketball player, by Sheck West. Number eight, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Number nine, ZZ by Kodak Black featuring Travis Scott and Offset. And number 10, Drip Too Hard by Lil Baby and Gunna. What does drip mean? What is that? Uh, it's a it's like if you're dressed very well, oh. you know, you have the, the latest fashions, mm. some new stuff mm. people haven't seen before. Mm. That kind of thing. It's <laughs> too much for me. All right, let's look at the Billboard 200. These are the albums. Number one, debuting at number one, Experiment by Kane Brown. Look at him representing. He's from Georgia, <laughs> right? Because uh, you said you knew know. someone that knew him, right? Didn't you? We both know it's. We both know the person that knows. It him. was Ashley, right, or was it Tiffany? I, I I don't know which one is Ashley, which one is Tiffany. Honestly, he is from. Uh, he's from Tennessee. He's from Nashville. Okay. I can't say what would make them. In case someone hears it, I don't want to be the person that maybe insults them because they weren't mean to me, so I don't want to say. I wasn't mean to them. No, I'm not saying that you were mean to them, but I just know. I, I it, Like, I haven't seen them since <laughs> we were at Winter, But someone could so be I listening. I can't remember which one is actually. No, no, yeah. And I, I just don't remember. There's a way to tell them apart, and I don't want to say it because it's a really mean <laughs> way that someone made up. So I will tell you off air. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Moving on. Um, but yeah, he has another one album. Uh, number two, The Unretired 2K Legends, Imagine oh. Dragons, with their album Origins. Number three, debuting at number three, A Love Letter to You 3 by Trippy Red. Number four, Come Over When You're Sober Part 2 by Lil Peep. Uh, this album comes out, uh, is it pronounced posthumously or posthumously? Uh, number five, who is calling up here? I don't, uh, anyway, <laughs> number five, uh, A Star is Born soundtrack, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Number six, The White Album by yeah. The Beatles. I'm, I'm it, looking to see why that's re-entered the charts. It says it turned 50. Mm. I don't know if that might be why, and they did something. But, yeah, that's it's, that's really weird. Why did it just all of a sudden back on the charts? <laughs> so the 50th anniversary of the White Album. Uh, number seven, the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack from Queen with the movie release coming out last week. Number eight. Not All Heroes Wear Capes by Metro Boomin. Number nine, Scorpion by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. And number 10, Astroworld by Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. So there was a re-release of it on the 9th, it looks like. It says on the 9th of uh, November, remixed and, re- remix and expanded editions of the Beatles were released. Of course, it's... So if you don't know, if anyone doesn't know, it is a self-titled album, but since it's all white, they just call it the White Album. Um, so it looks like they did a re-release of it, and that maybe did it. I don't know. I think of of uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character from Men in Black, 
where he was like, he's going to have to rebuy the White Album because of the new technology. So <laughs> maybe it was a bunch of old people who, like, I had it on vinyl. Got to get it on CD now. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Artist 100. And because of the number one, uh, there's a new rule. Um, if you come out with an album, mm-hmm. if you die, ooh, or if there is a movie made about you, that now that's interesting because we don't get a we don't get a ton of biopics. No, we don't. So now I'm just who's who's got the next one major one coming out? Do you know? I have no idea. Because I want to test this theory. <laughs> <laughs> so number one is Queen, and they've been number one for the last two weeks. Number two, he came out with an album, Kane Brown. Number three, they came out with an album, <laughs> Imagine Dragons, the unretired 2K Legends. Number four, the hardest working ponytail in the game. She has the number one song. Number five, the perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number six, Sirius Malone. Do you take him seriously? Yeah, I'll take him seriously now. Yeah. Number seven, Lady Gaga. Number eight, XXX Tentacion. Number nine, <laughs> we're kind of sort of worried about them a little bit. I haven't checked in them in a while, have you? I haven't either. I have to look into them, make sure they're still breathing. And number 10, Quincy Jones' favorite musicians. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The Beatles. Psych. Oh, man. Oh, the Beatles. Two of them still alive, right? Paul and uh, Ringo? Yeah. Who do you think goes first? That's a very morbid question, just... I want to. that. Well, there's still there is the rumor though that like this is not the real Paul McCartney that he died in a car wreck. Well, yeah. well that's been the Paul is dead thing has been going on since uh, at least since Abbey Road. Yeah, so he might be gone already. <laughs> and Ringo has the sauce <laughs> to outlive them all. He got he got the juice. <laughs> he got the juice now, Ringo. <laughs> oh God. All right, so um, one more thing we wanted to get into is uh, I haven't looked at it too much, but I know you might be interested about Takashi Six Nine. Oh, I've, I mean, I looked Rainbow at it a little Bright, bit. The rapper. I've mostly been looking at, and this is going to sound bad. The memes. That's mostly what I've been looking at. With basically, like, uh, apparently he offered his entire bank account to get out on bail, and I was like, that's that's crazy. I don't even know what is he what's he in there for? Like what's he doing? I think one of the uh charges was racketeering. The hell? <laughs> like, what is this, nineteen thirty three? He's a numbers game. <laughs> okay. No, I mean I know he's he's in he's in jail and it looks like he could go away for quite some time. Um so the last thing I saw said he could go away for thirty two years. You said you saw something that he was going to a prison where you go if you cut a deal. Yeah. So he probably snitched on people. <laughs> He's going to give them. He might just be the money behind it. And he uh, gave them. There was also a story else. to where he tried to give, uh, use all the money in his bank account for bail. Yeah. Which is about $1.7 million. And I was like, oh, they still didn't let him out. All right. So he has been arrested on federal racketeering charges and uh, firearms charges. Hmm. Prosecutors may be looking for the maximum sentence of life in prison. I know he may get about 33 years, possibly. But uh, as I told him before, he may he has been transferred to a prison for people who have cut deals. So who knows what kind of deal he actually cut. Um, but yet this is 
this is one. I guess it's weird. I you would think that with with rappers, once you start doing music, you would cut it out. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do this other stuff if it's what you were doing before. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it now. Racketeering. You don't have to run a. <laughs> <laughs> you running numbers? A racketeering and firearms sounds like his hero is Al Capone. Like it sounds like he's a he's an early twenties gangster from Chicago. Like who still runs racketeering? Every time I think of like running numbers, I think of like someone like Al Capone or yeah, or the the first half of the movie Malcolm X, <laughs> like before he went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's racketeering. Like it's such an old school. Such an old school crime, you yeah. know. It's just like you know, we run moonshine too. Like it just doesn't happen that much anymore. So, so yeah, and he's twenty two years old. So what does he know about racketeering? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he saw the Untouchables. That's what he saw. <laughs> he watched that movie. Or the, uh, what's the? There's another with with Al Capone. As a, as a man, not the one where Robert De Niro played him. That yeah. was the Untouchables. Yeah, I feel like there's another one. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like there was that. Was that Gangster Squad? Was that about Al Capone too? With that uh, was about um, Mickey Mickey Cohen, something oh, okay. like that. It was. It had Sean Penn, and we know he tried way too hard. That's all I know about <laughs> Gangster Squad. Um, I actually went up and shot up some people. Just <laughs> it's for my role. Uh, but this isn't the first time that uh, 6ix9ine has been in in trouble Um, he's been on and off probation over the last couple of years he pleaded guilty to use of a child in a sexual performance the mm, 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 wow yeah Uh, also he was arrested twice earlier this year attacking a 16-year-old in Texas and again after police said he was caught driving with a suspended license and then assaulting the arresting officer. Uh, yeah, prosecutors have pushed for him to register as a sex offender and serve a one to three year sentence but his lawyers argued it down to four years probation and a thousand hours of community service. Uh, yeah, there was also a uh, a shooting involving two guys in his uh, entourage or they're associated with him. And there was also uh, a video he was shooting with Kanye West and Nicki Minaj in which there was a drive-by shooting. And uh, yeah, so a lot of stuff has happened. I don't know how this is going to turn out for him, but whatever deal he is cutting, if he openly identifies as a gang member and he is snitching. Mm-hmm. Might not go well in prison. <laughs> Look, I, hey, hey, you know, hey, you, those are those are your choices, bro. Yeah. Um. All right. So that'll do it for the music news. So, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. All right. So, um. Anyone who has played MLB, I think it's 18, the show. Um, This is one of the songs on there. Um, I didn't know he was still making music, but I guess I had to figure he still was because Beck does seem like the type of artist that will never stop making music because I really think he just loves making music. I don't think at this point he's doing it to make money. But this is a really good album that this is from. um, The song is called Colors. Um, It doesn't really sound like anything he's done before. 
Um, the whole album is kind of like, you know, indie pop. If that's your type of thing, then you will really like this album. I suggest checking it out. All right. So this is Colors, the title track from the album from Beck. And we'll be right back. Colors by Beck from his album Colors. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. The whole album's like that. Yeah. And uh, looking at playing it from Spotify, uh, look, go to his page and you'll see like where the other where shows may be coming up. Yeah. He will already be at Shaky Knees next year. Okay. <laughs> really? Already? They've already got that booked? Yeah. Jeez. Good for him. All right, I might maybe I'll check that. When is Shaky Knees? It's 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 May third, according to this. Okay, I might be able to do that. All right, so uh, you can check that out on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist, which is on Spotify right now. All right, so we started the show with the song "He's So Shy" by the Pointer Sisters, and uh, keyword in the name of their group is sisters because they are all related. It's not because they're black. <laughs> That'd be the Pointer Sisters. Pointers, the Pointer Soul Sisters. <laughs> well, color me surprised. <laughs> so oh, we are talking about family musical acts. And we wanted to focus more on the ones to where uh, most, if not all, of the members yeah. are related. In some way or another. Could be brother, sister, could be um, cousins. I think there's one in there, uncle, nephew, uncle, nephew, son, you know, um, son and father. So our father, son, because if you say son, father, that sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll be discussing that. Um, and one of the things when I think of the family band uh, becoming the, the, you know, the family business, you know, it's something that started off as something fun. 
something yeah. for the kids to do and be involved in and, you know, learn an instrument or to learn about music. <clears throat> but then it becomes a business yeah. to where you are treated like an artist uh, and you don't and you lose some form of innocence. Yeah. You know, just thinking about the Jacksons, uh, the Jackson miniseries yeah. that we talked about last year. That you should check out our episode on. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's called a reasonable amount of beatings. That's the name <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> we should let you know what the movie's about. <laughs> but, you know, you you lose some form of innocence. You know, especially if, if, if the act, if the family act comes together where there are children involved. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that I, I normally think about. Um, is there any, uh, uh, do you think about that or, or anything else come to mind when you think of the Family Music Act? So I definitely think, I definitely do think about that. Um, really more so about the Jacksons just because, um, you know, they're they're huge, hugely successful. But then you kind of think of like a group like the Jets. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were huge and like they they were a huge family if i remember correctly like they were cycling just family members in yeah just left and right that it was a huge family um so i think about that how like you know it just just because someone doesn't you know can't do it anymore and eh, that doesn't mean we stop just get someone else in i had to look up really quick like how many were in the jets there were 8 of them in the group yeah but the family, like all the brothers and sisters, totaled 17. Yeah, that's a huge freaking family. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just cycle them in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when the, when the family act comes together, you know, it's normally started by, you know, a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people may say, okay, it's a parent who didn't um, – they tried to make it mm-hmm. and they couldn't make it. That's, you know, it may look at that way with Joe Jackson. Yeah. Uh, it just, it may look at something that the, uh, oh, with a group like the Silvers, I think like they, they wanted their children to sing mm-hmm. and then they didn't really, they were, I think they were on a, like a game show or something as children. The oldest ones were at when they were children. And then they kind of started the group like later just for fun. Yeah. But then they tried to use it as a way to get out of uh, out of the projects, basically. Yeah, which has really been, and not even to go too far off topic there, you will find with a lot of artists who are born into, you know, either just being, you know, lower class, poor, or born into poverty, they see it as a way to get out, you know. You know, whereas maybe like, you know, a family, like maybe a family born in this, in, you know, rural America had a lot of kids to help around the house and help do work. You know, maybe have kids because you're going to teach them to be talented, you know, kind of like what, um, you know, like you, you think of uh, the Jacksons. And we're going to bring them up a lot, people, because they're, they, they're like they were the really, standard. Yeah, they were really damn good at it. Um, he saw that as his ticket out of out of Gary, Indiana. Yeah. You know, working at a steel mill. You mentioned Joe Jackson couldn't do it himself. He tried a couple times. Yeah. Couldn't do it himself. Um, he tried it as as musician and as an athlete. Yeah. Couldn't make. Yeah, he was a boxer, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> um, he couldn't. He couldn't make it. So he has these kids. They're talented. That's his way. He pushes them. You know. Um, another. You know. So another. I was thinking of it as well too. Is so thinking of a band like Hanson. They just like to play music. You know. They weren't necessarily. Now, granted, I'm sure if we dig deeper, maybe there was a stage parent involved. 
But for the most part, you know, they were doing it to have fun. You know, they were young. They were pretty good. They were playing, you know, fairs and things like that, local state fairs. And then next thing you know, they're huge. They're everywhere. You know, you got Um Bop and a few other singles. Um, And I really think that's kind of another side of it. Just like you got brothers, you know, who better to to form a band with than your brothers if you all like music? Yeah. uh, You know, it's it's supposed it always starts off that way. Starts where off fun. <laughs> it starts off fun, you know, where we're getting to perform together. Mm-hmm. We love music. Um, you know, we get to go, you know, do some local events, you know, the county fair or <laughs> we play at the mall or something. Um, the strip club. The <laughs> the strip club. <laughs> um, but then they. Um, you know, some, and then there are some other reasons. Like, I was looking at the, there was a TV movie, just like there was a TV movie about the Jacksons, mm-hmm. kind of their, the parallel for them or who they were, who was going to, the 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 group that was going to be hyped up to be the next Jacksons mm-hmm. were the Osmonds. Yeah. And there's, there is a TV movie about the Osmonds. There is. Yeah. Who, ooh, what's the name of it? I don't want to see this cast. I think it's just called, it's called Inside the Osmonds. And <laughs> I haven't thought of I I haven't found it to like try to watch it, but um, the thing that I'm afraid of is that we would make too many um, LDS jokes. <laughs> Bruce McGill, who's who is Donnie? Who's Patrick Levis? But I I don't I don't know any mm. of the actors. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these people. But. Um, they were, I mean, this was, it was the parallel to the Jacksons as far as there are nine children. Mm-hmm. There's there's one who's just the standout. You don't really know anyone else's names. Yeah. And there's and there's probably a, a daughter who's really good, too. Yeah. Like, there's Michael and Janet. There's Donnie, Donnie Marie. and Marie. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, they started off singing. They were a barbershop quartet. Four of them were a barbershop quartet to raise money. For the uh, for the parents to have hearing aids, hmm. and for their uh, to help in with the missions in church, yeah. So that was what they were using their talent for. It wasn't about fame, but uh, but they were so good that their dad took him to California, and they're on the Lawrence Welk show, yeah. That's and that's where a lot of these stories. Well, I guess back in the day, at least, they end up like, "Oh, where are we going? California, we're California. Let's go to Los Angeles." It's so crazy how it's all changed. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you got a family group, get on YouTube. <laughs> but then eventually, you got to go somewhere. Ev- yeah. No, eventually you go to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> you still eventually go to Los to Angeles to get on someone's TV show. Uh, even though you know it' different from the the Family Act, but all the people who got famous on Vine, yeah. And Instagram, mm-hmm. they all Los end Angeles. up moving to Los Angeles. Mm. I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so yeah, they. Um, so the di- so the the beginnings for the groups, for these family groups, you know, they're they're a handful of ways. Uh, along with you know, okay, we're doing this to to raise money for what were the big picture of what our big picture is at the time. Yeah. Uh, look at groups that started in church. 
the I believe the Pointer Sisters, the Winans, yeah, the Winans, mm-hmm. the um, the Staple Singers, yeah, they started singing in church. Uh, the Braxtons, as the well. The Braxtons were they? So I'm trying. Were they a group before or after Tony made it? Before Tony made it, okay. But then, like, she's the. <laughs> I call it like every, 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 uh, of these family groups, every group has, they have a Michael. Yeah. She was their Michael. She was the Michael. Yeah. Donnie Osmond is the Michael. Mm hmm. Uh, some of them have the, the Janet. Yeah. Uh, some of them have the Tito. But, <laughs> so it's interesting then, cause like, you know, going and, and pointing out well, that. Well, no, not, not the Tito, the Germain. The Germain. <laughs> what I mean by that is, he thinks he's as good as the, as as the, the Michael, Michael, but he's not. But he's not. <laughs> so yeah. So then I'm I'm looking now and and just trying to you know figure it out like you know for a lot of these, who was the standout? You know, like you think of, um, I mean you know of course with with the Jackson Five and with the Osmonds, it's easy to point out. Um, with the Winans, you know, would it be uh, what CC? Marvin, maybe. You would think the the Michael and the Michael or Janet of that would be BB and BB and Cece, yeah. But but they had their own. It was like BB and Cece were an act, yeah. And then four other Winans brothers were an act. So many. That's a big. I'm looking at a picture. There's a lot of them. So just to, so there are no Five, six, no seven, egos or 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 that there's something uh you know that something could like break it up yeah you know those are two separate acts and maybe they'll you know they'll perform with each other Mm -hmm. but is there any like friction with that i don't think so it's something you don't you don't hear about i mean maybe there's a little bit but yeah there's probably not not that much going on to where we had these as two separate acts it's not not BB performing with the other four brothers and then also trying to go solo. Yeah. So it's basically like that, that whole family has carved out their own kind of, they kind of did it their way. Yeah. Or whoever led them along, whatever it is, but it's not that, you know, we have the one, like the, the lead, like a lead singer of the group. Yeah. And, we just market that person and everyone else is just background, even mm-hmm. though they're probably older brothers or sisters. And to think you know. about it, yeah, they are unique in that way as in as how they just had a ton of offshoots, you right. know, versus just we got the one band and maybe one or two solo artists. Yeah, it was it was. Yeah, there were a lot of offshoots there. Um, as I said, like a, the uh, sometimes this starts with the the parent, mm-hmm. the parent um, puts this together. So. Um, I think the like the Beach Boys mm-hmm. were man were they managed by their father? I cannot remember. Uh, um, the de facto Murray, what is his name? I think I think so. No, no, who is Murray? Murray Murray is their father. Oh, um, that is their father. Okay, yeah. yeah, he was their manager. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And that started off with 
Um, I think this, the story here is that Brian Wilson watched his father play and he was a songwriter and then he would teach the younger guys, the younger brothers to sing harmonies. Mm -hmm. And then he would take other songs and learn how to do the harmonies. So with being able to basically be a producer, <laughs> yeah, then, you know, they're able to put a group together and, and write songs and, you know, kind of Murray started bringing them along, but they made it also been like a Joe Jackson yeah. type of fatherhood. And that's a band I, I would want to probably look more into. Um, Cause I know all my, all my knowledge of them is surface level and that'd be, I'd be interested to see how, I don't, I don't want to say how crazy because I'm not going to say Joe Jackson's crazy, but how much like Joe Jackson he was as somebody. I who think that them. you know. I think there's also a TV movie about the Beach Boys. I would, I would only imagine there is. <laughs> They're very popular, so uh, we could also like someone like the, uh, like Sister Sledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were put together, um, they were given their grandmother gave them vocal training and they sang at church. Yep. <laughs> uh, and they formed a group. Um, they were, they performed throughout. I think they're from, they're from Philadelphia. So they were performed throughout the city, but you don't really know their names. Mm -mm. <laughs> you know, there wasn't that standout group, but I think part of that came from since their stuff was their early stuff was, I think they're starting with their second album produced by now Rogers and yeah. Bernard Edwards to where the stars of their productions were Nile Rogers and Bernard <laughs> Edwards uh, to where I think in the documentary uh, that I watched before we did that episode, uh, they had the approach with sister sledge. They would write the song and be like, okay, here, sing this. Yeah. But then when they started working with someone like Diana Ross, they like sat down and had a conversation. Yeah. Trying to see where her head is at. Which is probably why that album, We Are Family, sounds like a chic album. Yeah. Yeah. They they wrote all the songs and, you know, they just had them come in and, and sing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so while they are um while they are related, there isn't they're one of the few to where <laughs> They, there's not someone who's standing out. There's not someone who goes solo. Well, you could kind of say that as well about about the group that we opened the show with, the Pointer Sisters. Right. You know, I don't know their names either. <laughs> I know there's a June. There's someone named June. Because <laughs> I, I have an aunt named June. So oh. I, I, <laughs> That's uh, not really a name you see much, much anymore. No, not really. June. Yeah, so Ruth Pointer. I don't know who the original because... June and Bonnie Pointer and Anita Pointer. Oh, they're from Oakland. Yep. I would have never guessed that. I just assume all these groups are from the South. So you have to forgive me. <laughs> but how did they start? Singing in church. Oh, yeah. Their parents were, uh, well, their, their father's a pastor. Yeah. So. But then again, I don't think there's many black artists before, I because I don't, nowadays I don't know just because, you know, whatever. But like, from like the '90s and prior, I don't feel like there were many artists that did not start out singing in church. 
if we're just being yeah. real, a lot of black artists. I started out singing in church. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, every I, I, yeah, that's you know yeah. And there was the you know there with singing in church. There's always the, and with their with their the with the Pointer Sisters with their dad being a a pastor. Mm-hmm. So they're they just sing gospel. Yeah. Anything else is would be called what? What devil music? There you go. So <laughs> and you know that makes me think of right. Uh, well, actually, no. She just didn't want her to sing. Period. Thinking of um, Sister Act Two. Yeah. When um, well, I can't remember what her name was in the movie, but like Rita, how could you Lauren not Hill's see character's name Rita? How good of a singer your daughter is! <laughs> like your daughter's really good, and she seems like she might have some connections, and you don't want her to sing anything. But but yeah, in this case, yeah, can't see nothing unless it's you know, you can't sing that devil music. Mm 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 mm, can't sing that. So you got to sing gospel music, and so you you have to wonder often, you know, what did Reverend Elton Pointer think? <laughs> When his daughters got famous singing the devil's music. And what's interesting is that the with the Pointer Sisters, they, I mean, they're known for, for R&B, of course, and, and disco and, and soul music, mm-hmm. but they also were like pop. Mm-hmm. They did country. Yeah, Slow Hand has a very country feel to it. Slow Hand is a country song. Yeah. That is yeah. a country song. So, you know, they were, uh, they were also experimental I get well not experimental but they just kind of expanded their musical horizons you know they listened to whatever wasn't gospel to see what interested them yeah I think that's what helped uh with how their the projection of their career well trajection of their career trajectory mm-hmm. whatever you, you know what yeah I'm I got say. you I got you you know to where they have a song that's like slow hand which is a country song mm-hmm. and then they have a song like I'm so excited or Neutron Dance, which is just straight up pop. Yeah, that's pop that pop disco feel. Yeah. I love those two songs. So um I guess like going in on that together, mm-hmm. there's there still did that together. And like, like we mentioned before, there was no standout or someone trying to um trying to go solo. Maybe there were opportunities, but yeah. it wasn't something that was uh, that was important. It didn't seem like it was that way. Yeah. Um, another um musical act to where a parent is involved as far as performing <laughs> is the Staple Singers. Yeah. Uh, with uh Pop Staples, he had his <laughs> own. If if he had his own following, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and how do you? How do you uh, navigate that if your if your parent is in the group? <laughs> you know, because I think like Mavis Staples mm-hmm. becomes the star. Of the, she's the Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how do you navigate that where your father is in the group, and you know you still got to listen to them? Yeah, because they're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you what do you think of that kind of dynamic? I mean, it worked. I mean, it's but it's it is kind of you know, it it works though. I guess if the per, if the parent knows what they're doing, you know, that's the only way that it does work. If the parent doesn't know what they're doing, they can basically um, they can drive you the career to the ground. And in that case, it's just like you know, you could just hope that maybe someone hears you, has heard you to where like maybe you can salvage the career later. 
Um, but it, I mean, it worked for them, you know, had a, a number one hit across the board with um, I'll take you there. Let's do it again. Um, gave himself the bass solo. On I'll take you there. <laughs> and it's a good bass solo, too. But like maybe he, that doesn't happen if he's if it's not, you know, pop. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think that. Well, to to he had to he had to get that start. I mean, he's he's the foundation of yeah. the group. Um, and like you said, he has to know what he's doing. He felt he knew best as yeah. far as like where they can go, as far as what kind of music they should be making. Mm-hmm. But that's and that is I I do feel that's the only way that it does work is if some, that person knows because. When you're that young, and so, you know, looking back at some of these groups we've already talked about, a lot of them did start out as kids, you know, kids who basically just do as you're told. Yeah. And so, luckily, you know, they had parents who knew how to navigate things, because I can only imagine for every group that did make it, every kid group, you know, that was made up of family members that did make it, I imagine there were another 10 that didn't. Because their parent or what you know, whoever was guiding them probably didn't really know what they were doing. And so for every Osmonds, you know, there's probably a group of a name that we'll never know. They're just like, you know, pulling their kids out of school to rehearse <laughs> and all this stuff. And they just never made it. And that would be unfortunate. So, you know, and I wish, you know, that's maybe that's something I'll look into because that's something I didn't even think about. Like the family groups that maybe they came out with an album and it just flopped and we never heard of them because it flopped i'm sure there are quite a few out there yeah um we also look at a group like uh i'm i'm sure you you may never have heard of this group because i i admit i have them on the list but uh this is in my sophistapop music Mm -hmm. research i found this group is they're called five star Mm, i've not heard of them it's a british pop group made up of five uh brothers and sisters and they're from they're from England, but they are they are black. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's black people in England, people. Yes, yes, they are. Um, but they had their most of their success is in the UK. Okay, they didn't have a um, a lot of American success when they once they tried to cross over. They had already made like four or five albums and. When you start as teenagers and then you turn like 19, 20, mm-hmm. you're maturing and, oh, we want a more mature sound. And that next album flops. Mm. It, you know, it's that kind of stuff that can happen. But with that group, with a group like Five Star, it was put together by their father. And he was a former artist and session musician who had worked with Wilson Pickett. Okay. And. You know, he puts the group together and the thing with them is they were primarily, they were like, that was a family business Yeah. to where, uh, they did appear. There's a video on YouTube of them appearing on American bandstand. Uh, and I think that, okay, one of them, like two of them write the songs or they, you know, they, they, you know, work together with production. Yeah. One of them did choreography. One of them did their costumes. Oh wow! They kept it everything, <laughs> and in the then family. one of them did the vocal harmonies. Really, I have to check them out. 
So they really kept it tight knit. I mean, they worked with other, they worked with songwriters and producers, of course, but as far as what they put out, what they, what you saw on stage or in their music videos, Mm -hmm. they really kept it as tight knit as possible. And I think that's something that's hard for, um, I think that's hard for a lot of any, for any artist to do, yeah, to keep the small circle and to try to do that with a, with a family. And as far as like, okay, you do the costumes, mm-hmm. you do the choreography, yeah. you guys work on the production part of it. Like everyone had their role. Mm-hmm. And I think even if they weren't related, that would be, that's astounding to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's also, like that you'd have to be successful to keep it going. Right. So like if you fail at any one part of it and you're a part of a record company, they're going to be like, ah, we're going to bring someone in. But, you know, if you're successful, yeah, just let them keep doing it. It's cheaper. And it got to a point to where, you know, they were signed to RCA and then they went to an uh, Epic Records and then with an album, they produced the whole thing. Yeah. They recorded all the tracks. They wrote all the songs at home, at their home studio. Have I never heard of them? I'm, I'm seeing, looking up pictures of them. I've never heard of them before. Yeah. And it's, if you listen to their music, like it can, because they had, they had, I think it was, um, uh denise yeah denise pearson denise pearson was the lead singer she's the michael Mm -hmm. or the and if you listen to the songs it could be confused with janet okay like 80s janet Hmm. um but to i with that dynamic i mean what would what do you think of something like that to where everyone has their role and to like you said to like to keep it going or to have success in that way without like anyone trying to step out of line or yeah. trying to do more than what they are capable of. I think you ha- I think it kind of speaks to the tight knit tight knitness tightness. Yeah, that tightness. Yeah, tight knitness of the group if that's even a word and if not you heard it here first. <laughs> um no, it, I mean it goes to show how tight knit the group was. I mean, they and I mean this just kind of goes not knowing much about this group but seeing that they're still performing now. You know, like you have to you'd have to really be committed. And um, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of them had it like maybe they had a natural gift for doing it. And maybe it's someone it was a skill that somebody had to pick up, you know, if if you didn't know how to do it. But I definitely think it, it's it's cool, but it can also, you know. So like I kind of said, if you're successful with it, that's good. But then again, depending upon how um how tight knit the group is and maybe how um, opposed they are to outsiders. If a company tried to bring in somebody to help, maybe you're just resistant and you're just like, uh-uh, we don't need help. We've been doing it, you know, on our own for however long, you know, we, we've been doing it. We don't need help. And maybe that could be, you know, maybe they should have gotten some people when they're, cause you said they tried to break out in America and the album didn't do well. Right. Maybe get some American writers. <laughs> You know, maybe, you know, when you come to America, get an American producer, get an American writer to really know your market. Maybe that helps them. I don't know. Since they did everything in-house, I don't know. And that's that can kind of be that, you know, the windfall of something like that. Uh, another group that we could look, another family act we could look at is someone like uh, the Isley Brothers. Yes. 
They had definitely had to stand out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess trying to go along to where uh, everyone has their role and someone is clearly the, the lead singer of the group, they're uh, just trying to they're, they kind of struggled in a way together as far as struggle for recognition. Mm-hmm. Like the song uh, Shout. Yeah. That's their song. Yeah. But who do we associate that with? Mr. David Ruffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, The Temptations. I mean, which is, yeah. With The Temptations, yeah. with The Beatles, mm-hmm. with um, The Kingsmen, with Tommy James and the Shondells, just with other acts, but it's their song. Yeah. So, you know, struggling for recognition together. I mean, I feel like something like that could drive a group apart. I would. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, and I would think they're a very strong group for that. I mean, but they're, and they're a very talented group, too. Right. You know, so aside from, you know, I know they didn't start out that way, but, you know, um, Ernie Isley, incredible guitar player, you know. Ron Isley, an incredible singer. That that was an that's an incredible kind of an enduring duo, if you will, from the group. Um, but you know that's something I didn't really think about. That yeah, they did kind of struggle for success at the beginning, but they were really they were really talented, and eventually the talent kind of went out. You know, that's something I didn't think about. Yeah, twist and shout. That was just, <laughs> I would have never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, another one to talk about here is uh, Levert. Uh, Gerald and Sean, may mm-hmm. they rest in peace. Um, you know, you you have the, you're kind of given a a path, a little bit of a blueprint because of their father. Yeah. Um, Just makes me think of the. <laughs> search the entertainer bit. Yeah. I've been <laughs> searching for that for years. Um, Man. But yet with that, like they, I think they, what they tried to do was kind of get their success on their own, like not get any, any extra, um, anything and any like extra incentive or any help Mm -hmm. necessarily, like not just banking on their father's name. Yeah. But they, uh, you don't, you don't get a lot of that. I mean, as far as like, they already have like a parent who who has done this. Yeah, we've talked about the parent who wasn't successful. They this had a is parent, parent who that, is successful. Yeah. So the 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 worry there, and you kind of see this in sports too, um, kind of to you know, a tie in or, or a parallel. The kid doesn't always either a is not as talented, or b does not have the drive. Um, and it is unfortunate when you have you know the super talented parent. And the not as talented kid, and I mean, I'm trying to think of instances, but we've seen it before, you know. Well, we, I mean, as far as the the super talented parent, you could look at Michael Jordan. Yeah. Neither of his sons <laughs> are on an NBA roster. Made the NBA. Yeah. They uh, barely made it to college. Yeah. They barely played in, on the college basketball team, but you can. I think probably the closest you could find with that is. Um, I, I let me name somebody. Somebody would know. Okay. So you have Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. His dad, Michael Thompson, mm-hmm. played for the Lakers in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, I think he was also a former number one overall. Michael pick. Thompson. Michael yeah. Thompson. Yeah. So, um, that's probably the closest 
that you might get to where the the parent and the and the child mm -hmm. are both super talented. Yeah, I think of just with a name that yeah. you know we both recognize. So like in music, I think of like you know Randy Bachman, you know yeah. from the Guess Who and from Grand Funk Railroad, and Tal Bachman, who was essentially a one hit wonder. Yeah, you know I think we saw that like big name producer got on that record <laughs> and that was maybe that was like a favor we, we feel like that's got to be a favor there's no reason you're working on a Tal Backman album and um and like you know it's escaping me I can't really think of a family group where that has happened where you know you had the super talented parent but that's always got to be that fear that like you know my kid just is not as talented as I am or kids are not as talented as I am in this case Lavert did have a successful career um, I, would you say as successful as Eddie Levert? Well, yeah, as far as, well, no, not, not as successful, <laughs> but still very successful, successful like, in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. In, in their, in their own way. And then Gerald being the Michael yeah, yeah. <laughs> going solo and having a successful solo career mm -hmm. and forming a super group. Right. Yes. So as far as like, I guess it might get to a point to where I, I feel like it might not be exactly fair to compare Levert's success to the OJ success, mm -hmm. but the success, like, yeah, they were successful in their own it. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and they're both good singers. So, I mean, it's like, you know, and that might've been the important thing for them to be successful in their own right. Mm -hmm. You know, just so, uh, I mean, can we, is there anyone to where, the parent had a successful career and then the child had a successful career that we can actually compare them like fairly. Let's see. Uh, I mean, there's the mamas and the papas and then there's Wilson Phillips. Like, <laughs> is that fair to compare? <laughs> Hold on for one more day, man. Let's see with children that failed. <laughs> No, we'll say successful that were. Because, like, thinking just off the top of my head, like, you know, um, John Bonham of Led Zeppelin fame, his son plays drums. But, I mean, he's, I mean, he was in a big band. He he married a porn star. Is, uh, that might be success to some people. I, well, uh, uh, Ricky Nelson and then his twin sons, Nelson. Mm, the blonde kids. Yeah. Yeah, they they had one hit. Um, okay, so you know, and don't want to go too far because I know these aren't family groups, but Nora Jones, son of uh, not son, whoops, daughter of uh, Ravi Shankar, um, Natalie Cole, daughter of uh, Matt King, King Cole. Cole. I don't know how popular Julian Lennon was. He had one. He was like more of a one-hit wonder. <clears throat> yeah, Jacob Dylan. Okay. Um. They weren't huge, he, but he, I mean, no, not not, not compared not to Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan no, yeah. Breaking Down like, the Horse was a big album, but it was not. It was not Tangled Up in Blue. <laughs> no. It was not the times they were changing. Um, like, I'm skipping over some people. Enrique Iglesias was pretty big. Jeff Buckley, I believe, would have been big had he not died. Um, Ziggy Marley, Rufus Wainwright, um, Hank Williams Jr. It's pretty. It was pretty successful. Um, my, so here's an example of somebody who far surpassed Miley Cyrus, far yeah. surpassed her father, um, Nancy Sinatra. She was kind of, she was pretty popular. 
Um, she ain't. She ain't Frank. No, she is not. <laughs> Can't compare it to her dad. No, not like that. Uh, let's see. I did not know Stuart Copeland had a famous father, son of Miles Copeland, trumpet player. I see where that came from now. Um, Lisa Marie Presley, pass, pass, not even close. Um, Frank Sinatra Jr., the most he did was star on Family Guy. That's that's all I've seen out of him. So, yeah, there's not a ton. Um, there There's not a ton of people who have lived up to... And there's the uh, that uh, that, uh, what what that reminded me of is Percy Romeo Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, We talked about the how Levert. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the act, the 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 real story, but it wouldn't be surprised if Levert tried to like form their own path Mm -hmm. um, outside of what Eddie Levert had did with the OJ's, but an act to where. The rest of the family did try to get involved, and they failed. Do you remember a group called 3T? Yes, the nephews of Michael Jackson. Yes. How could I forget? <laughs> did not. They did not work out. Did not work out at all. And they tried. I, I don't know. Who, whoever was trying everything to make that work. Yeah. Um, Michael was writing songs for him. Yeah. They're Tito's son. So Tito might have tried to write something. Jermaine's writing something. Yeah. They were signed to Michael's label. They even had a song on the American Jackson's um, American Dream soundtrack. They got on Free Willy, which had to be Michael's influence. Had to be. Um, Probably one of those, like, if you want, you know, will you be there? You got to take my nephews. <laughs> like, you got to. Like, and they're just like, ugh. Do we have to? Like, yeah, you got to. Okay, Michael, because you're, you know, the biggest star in the world right now. We'll do it. So everybody was trying hard to make 3T happen, and it just did not happen. Another group um, that I don't know if we had mentioned them yet, but uh, a group that they they had their run and they broke up, and it was – it was their fault. Mm-hmm. But then like once the music is over, are you still are you still going to be a family? Mm-hmm. And that would be the barge. Yeah. So it started off with their um which was on earworm on the last episode switch with the old their mm-hmm. brother Bobby and they they formed the group. Bobby was producing for them. You know, they had they had hit songs. They were signed to Motown. They're from Detroit. Yeah. So uh, once they kind of broke through on the pop charts with Rhythm of the Night, um, I was telling Ben earlier that with that album, while they were they were already successful, but they kind of like went to another to another level with that album. But Eldebarge was the Michael of the group, mm-hmm. and he he did most of the vocals and the and you know some production. <clears throat> like the other the other siblings weren't that involved. No, I mean hell, if you even look at the album cover, you can kind of tell who is, they're pushing. Look at the album cover, and we'll see the album cover for Rhythm of the Night. It's five siblings in the group, mm-hmm. but. Elder Barge has half of it to himself. Yeah. And then the other four split the re- split the other half of the album cover. Yeah. 
So that was, um, you know, because of uh, Motown, that and that was kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah. To where that's how Motown felt about the rest of the group. Sometimes the record label wants to push somebody more than the rest of the group. Yeah. And that's definitely what happened here. And But what I mean is that it was their own fault is with this album, with the rest of the group not contributing as much, Eldabar said that, oh, well, you know, we were busy touring with Luther Vandross. But in reality, everybody was on drugs or most of them were on drugs. Yeah. So that would affect how they're uh, working on the album. Have you seen their episode of Unsung? Yeah. I have not. I have to check that out. And, you know, there was one to where one of the siblings, he said he had no idea where the studios were to record his vocals. And... And he only sung on one track on the yeah. whole album. Like, you listen to the song, Rhythm of the Night, and really, I i mean, I thought that was an Elder Barge song. Yeah. Many people, you know, will bill it as an Elder Barge song. Um, his his vocals are really the only ones that you can really kind of ascertain on the song. <laughs> like, so you think it's an Elder Barge song, but in fact, it is DeBarge. And and you say the guys part of it is their fault because of of the drug addiction, mm-hmm. but also the label was already trying to yeah push they had plans. to the forefront, and sometimes a record label or whoever's in management, if it's not a parent being involved, could end up doing something like that, kind of pushing one of them to the forefront, even though it's a family act. You know, there was a, a scene in the Jacksons miniseries to where, um. When they were their first TV appearance, mm-hmm. Diana Ross introduced them as Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. Yep. And Joe Jackson had an issue with that. Yep. So we're no one's bigger than the group. No one's bigger than the group. I mean, that's that's probably a <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so no, that's yeah. something someone's going to say. Yeah. That's how the people in the group would feel that no none of us is bigger than the group. We all have our role. But you got to think of when you have that group, who's the person out there selling but the is, group? But is the lead singer on the same level as, yeah. you know, if one of them plays the drums? Yeah. Or no. bass. <laughs> or the bass? Yeah. No. no offense to the rhythm section. You need a good rhythm section. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he's out there. He's the face. He's singing the songs and he's dancing. And so, like, yeah, naturally, yeah, Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 is is what you're going to think, not to mention – if you're a record company and you and you just you know dropped a ton of money into a record, your job is to make money off of that record. And if putting you know a certain person like L in front of you know in in the front in the forefront, that's going to make you the most money. That's what you're going to do, and you probably don't really give a crap what anyone else in the group thinks because you're trying to make money off of this album. Well, yeah, if you're not part of the family, you don't care. You don't care. Yeah. No. Because you're looking at like we'll replace them. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, and that's funny to, to like have that mentality. Yeah, like okay, y'all got any other siblings? Yeah, because this one can't sing. Yeah, who else you got? They're raising, oh, Jermaine, they're raising you're leaving the group. Well, uh, let's just get Randy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his cowboy boots. <laughs> so, um, so one group I did want to bring up just because I did not realize that they were all brothers, and it is. More of a modern family group, um, the Kings of Leon. 
Yes. They're all brothers. I thought just two of them were brothers. They're oh, I thought it was three and one of them was their cousin. Oh, my. Okay. I know they all have the same last name. Um, and I did. I, yes. That it, I did uh, not three know. of them are brothers and then one is their, and then their cousin. So that is really, um, they really kept it in the family, man. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's an interesting, and they're still, you know, they're still playing. And where did they start playing? In the church. Did they really start? Oh, Lord, they did. <laughs> wow. I, that I did not see. Yeah, so um, Falwell, no, no relation to Jerry Falwell, I would hope. That's I mean, it's, Falwell. It's Falwell, okay. It's spelled differently. I was like, spelled differently, but who knows? Maybe they changed it to get away from him. Um, I would. Uh, but no, I mean, they're they're an interesting band. Um, they don't really, I guess, you know, you don't really hear much about them as far as like, you know, infighting and things like that. I feel like they just kind of go in, make their music, do what they got to do and, and make their money. Yeah. I think with them working together and kind of just, you know, if they, the story is like that they worked with, uh, they started off, uh, playing in their church, uh, with their. Their father was Pentecostal. With their father, yeah. they're, you know, so they're playing at Pentecostal church and tent revivals. Mm-hmm. So they're traveling. Yeah. And when their dad left the church, they moved to Nashville and started working on their own thing. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like that may have always been the plan to work on to work on their own thing. They're all going to do this together. Yeah. And you know, if if it's a a mindset like that to where everyone is on the same page. It can work. And if you're related, yeah, <laughs> then it could work. And so, you know, that's why the Kings of Leon have had the the success that they've had. I would have never guessed they, they started out in church. When you release a song like Sex on Fire, I just, I would have never known. I would have never known. Wow. You've been, have you been to a Pentecostal church? I have not, no. That energy has to go somewhere. <laughs> Good like that. I apparently the church I did play drums at, um, they would rent out time to a Pentecostal church, and there were many Sundays we came in there where there were broken drumsticks, there was stuff strewn about, they broke a cymbal. <laughs> so I can only imagine what it must be like in a Pentecostal church. That's that might be why their live shows are so good. <laughs> Um, um, I mean, and, and these aren't the only family acts out there. I mean, we didn't bring up Full Force. Full Force? Yeah. Forgot about them. There's just, uh, there's, and there's so many, though. That, uh, that's the thing, you know? The Emotions, the yeah. Andrews Sisters, the Carpenters, which, you know, just a, a brother and sister, but, yeah. you know, still, um, they're trying to, like, they both had their roles, but who knows what the breakdown was as far as communication, like to what happened with Karen Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the gap band, which that was, it's three brothers, but they, I think they all had their own band or two of them were in one band. And the third one had his own band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they decided to form a yeah. band together. And gave us some great music. And and so and that's when I when we talk about these sorts of music groups as well, I, I do find a little bit more interest in the ones that actually played instruments because like you look at that and it's like, how did you decide who played what? 
Like, did everybody, how'd you decide who was the singer? Which I think that would be a little easier. You just go with whoever's the best. You know, Charlie Wilson's probably the best singer out of all of them. But like, you know, in a rock band. So, you know, just bringing up, um, you know, Kings of Leon. Who decided, like, I don't want to play drums. Well, you're gonna. Like, was it like <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, rock it's, in rock music, drummers are incredibly hard to find. In R&B music, they're a dime a dozen. So it's like, you know, was it was everyone wanted to play drums? And, like, the, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, how did that dynamic come about? Like, who picked up the bass? Yeah. Like, who wanted to be the bass player? So it'd be, I'd be curious just to know, like, you know, did someone, like, Three of them play guitar, and they're like, you, you got to switch. Dog. Okay, we can't have three guitars. Like, you got to switch. Someone's got to switch. Do they rock, paper, scissors for Yeah. It? <laughs> it's like, damn it, I don't want to play my damn bass. <laughs> so I'd just be curious about that, yeah. Yeah, um, and, yeah, trying to figure that out, that, that would be interesting. And also, even just with, even if none of them played instruments, they were all just singers. Yeah. Who's the lead singer? Mm-hmm. You know, do do we trade out songs? Do you do this song? I'll do this song. Um, I think that the Pointer Sisters did that to where, like, each of them had a lead. Had a, yeah. You know, they sang lead on a song. But with someone like the Jackson 5, it's going to be Michael. On and every then, song. <laughs> And then, like, Jermaine might get a line. Mm-hmm. Jackie might get a line. <laughs> but it's going to be Michael. No more no With more the Osmonds, it's going to be Donnie. Yeah. I, I had to look at who are the other guys, who are the other brothers in the Osmonds. <laughs> I just know Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that how does, does that change with the dynamic? Of, like, can you separate the business from what they what you are as a family? And when they, uh, you know, can can the family group break up and then you're still a family like off stage? So that is that's actually an interesting point to bring up. You know, what does happen? You know, you mentioned like, you know, after things break up, are you still a family? You know, because like, you know, we think back to, you know, an album like, you know, and I bring this up because I I saw one of the songs posted this week. Fleetwood Mac rumors, you know. They're dating each other. <laughs> they hate each other, you know. So when when some bands break up, it gets ugly. Like some people, you mentioned. Yeah, I think it was you that mentioned about um, the uh, the police <laughs> yeah. at Sting's wedding. Uh, they get up uh, yeah. on stage and you know it's like play a song, play they a song. They hadn't played in years. They get up there and they, they realize like, God, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so like, is it like that? Where it's like they, you know. They start having issues. They break up. They don't play anymore. Like, I hate my brother. I hate my sister. I hate my father. Like, we've heard some of the things that the Jacksons have said about Joe. Like, it got, yeah. There is a, um, when they did 2300 Jackson Street. Yeah. That out, there's a song called Word to the Bad. Mm-hmm. That was a diss song to Michael. Yeah. I think Michael didn't do anything on that. He sang on the on twenty three hundred Jackson Street. He yeah. sang on that song, but he didn't do anything else. Yeah, this that jealousy. Our brothers, you know, too big. I gotta make an appointment to see my big brother. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> gotta make an appointment. He's big now. And there's also, um, uh, well, uh, with with Five Star. Because I, I hadn't seen, like, I just saw their music videos. I didn't see any interviews or, like, kind of what happened to them. But mm-hmm. 
uh, it was five of them, but now it's three. Yeah. They still go by five star, but <laughs> but it's three of them. Two of them left the group to do their own thing. Yeah. And there's no, like, bad blood between them. That's to good. where, like, well, you know, we wanted to, you, you know, we, we took a break and we wanted to get back together, but they didn't want to do it. And we're like, well, okay, well, we, we still want to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's fine with me. Yeah. So. That's good that they can still get along. <laughs> yeah. So they, so three of them perform together now. Um, and normally, like, it would have to be everyone or it'll be, like, someone's niece or cousin that never performed with them before that ends up being in the group or somebody's daughter or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just to, if the demand is out there, you know, that, you know, that goes to the business side. If the demand is out there and you're able to put something together with what you have, then, then it can work. Yeah. Um, You know who we didn't bring up? Evan and Jaron, Atlanta's finest. (laughs) I don't know anything really about them. All we know is, well, we, we made that joke already. The <laughs> Lowensteins had to change that because it was too ethnic to just Evan and Jaron. Um, I'm trying. Are there any other family groups from Atlanta? Because um, I can't really think of any. Not that I know of. Hmm. Let's see here. Musical groups. From Atlanta. Hmm. I would really th- hate to think that's our. Uh, Is that the crowning achievement of family musical acts? Yeah, I would really hate to think that. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. Well, no, wait. Well, even though they're from Gwinnett, Migos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our friends from Gwinnett. Sweet. All right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> there you go. That's good. All right. Um, another act that we didn't uh, that we didn't bring up are the Bee Gees. Ah, yes. No, the Bee Gees. Um, Andy Gibb, Robin Gibb, Barry Gibb. No, uh, Barry, That's Robin, and Maurice. What did I say? Andy was the the youngest one. He yes. was solo, though. Yes. Why did I think Andy? Who was the lead singer? Uh, Barry. Okay. Robin and Maurice were the twins. Ah, yes. There were twins in that group. White people don't all look. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> no. No. I. I just. I'm. 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 I'm rethinking because I. All I really know by them is staying alive and what jive talking, but they're actually very big. Yeah, and they were a group that to where they kind of struggled together to find their sound, mm-hmm. and then you know in the '70s with the disco era, then they just they just started rattling them off. Yeah. No, they really did. Um Yes, yeah, Barry Robin Maurice. Um of course, you know, the the singing style incredibly um yeah. distinct like you you just know it's them automatically. Um do you think that they would have cuz they didn't do much after like disco went away, did they? No. Like Saturday lot. Night Fever was like their big at least in the United States was like their big thing and then I don't feel like we heard much from them afterwards. They still made music, but it wasn't going to top that. Yeah. Like, they, they, their songs on that album defined an entire era. Yeah. How do you, how do you, where do you go from there? 
Don't know. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about Thriller. He made bad, so, you know. <laughs> if you're good, you could do it, I'm just saying. But, no, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it's very tough to do. Um, no, I mean, it's very tough to do. Did they, I mean, did they get along? Did they have any issues that you know of? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, maybe their issues may have, if there were issues, they came from when they wrote for other artists. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry, we have a visitor. <laughs> but uh, just from with other artists, uh, maybe there. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, my I will say though, my my knowledge of the BGS is limited. Outside of um, that's just your job talking. Yeah, that's that's about all I know. Anything beyond the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, I I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a song I thought was on there, but. It's not, it, but it's not. Yeah, but it was on Saturday Night Fever. I can't find it. Let's see here. But um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add about about family musical acts? There have been some good ones. There have been some bad ones. Um, some of them have endured the test of time. Um, Hanson's still together. Yeah. For you know anyone who didn't know that. They're still playing twenty plus years later. Good for them. Good for them. But no, I think I think we've covered it. I mean, we've looked at a, a bunch of different family groups, the dynamics, um, the start, you know, the standouts, if you will, of each group, male and or female. Yeah, no, I think we've. Yeah, hopefully, you know, people appreciated this. This is a very Thanksgiving episode, you know. Yeah. So you know, because you should be with your family. Hopefully, you know, if y'all are on. Good, good terms. <laughs> Some people aren't. It's <laughs> being real. Or right, well, uh, we'll do here is get to my earworm of the week. Uh, I had to look up who this that the sample was because it sounded like it was something '80s, but it was a song that came out in 2009. Um, so we mentioned that uh, in the top ten albums, Metro Boomin's album, not all heroes wear capes. Uh, he has a song with uh, basically he he produced the song and he has guests. Of course. So a song he did with Travis Scott called Overdue. Um, I liked how he used the sample. It's very obscure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the song. It's on the We Lit playlist. And uh, so we'll play it right now. So this is Overdue by Metro Boom and Travis Scott. And we'll be right back. Time ain't overdue. Ain't no sleep that is on news. Bad outside, that's with the crew. Make my night up on the move. In the morning, get the news. She come home, I heard the zoom. I step outside, I need my peace. Take one down and hit my peak. Myself, I overuse myself, I overuse myself 
myself, I feel I mean I overdid myself, I overdid myself, I feel I mean I overuse my nights, I overdid my nights, I overdid my nights. Yeah. Hit the lights and hit the right. Took everything, ain't nothing left. Count your blessings, count your steps. At your throat like we that strep. It's way too cold under this flesh. All we we ball, but we don't mesh. All we we drink, leave us a mess. Down all my drugs, that is all news. All right, that is Overdue by Metro Boomin featuring Travis Scott from the album Not All Heroes Wear Capes. No, they don't. They do not. And uh, you can find that song on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. Or if you follow my We Lit playlist, <laughs> it's on there too. All right. So that will bring us to the end of the program. So, uh, oh, shoot. can you tell the people where we can be found yes i can so um if you are looking to find us on facebook or the book of face um that would be by the time you hear this no sorry facebook.com slash by the time you hear this um if you want to check us out um just at our website by the time you hear this.com um if you want to find us on the gram because you do it for the gram um you can find us at by the time you hear this so the um, web, the Facebook, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Why am I drawing a blank here? The Instagram is um, the Facebook and the website are spelled with the word you. There we go. Muscle memory, man. Y-O-U. That's how you spell it to find us by the time you hear this. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram or email us at gmail.com, it's spelled by the time you hear this with the letter U. And that is because we're urban. Yes, we are. Yes. And not under investigation. Mm-hmm. And because we're urban, um, that means that we don't like pumpkin in our macaroni and cheese. Yeah. We like pumpkin in our pie, but. Not uh, in the macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I, I don't even. I like pumpkin cheesecake, but not really pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin cake. Um, but I've never had pumpkin cheesecake. I, that's new. I've never had that before. Yeah. Pumpkin cheesecake. That sounds good. I will admit there's pumpkin spice coffee at my job. Um, the pumpkin spice latte. I've started liking it. <laughs> What's funny, like when it's out of season, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, uh, you can, there's a secret menu. You have to ask for certain things in your drink to get it. Really? I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, I, yeah. I've seen that you can go to Starbucks and order it yeah. like off the secret menu. I am a coffee drinker at work. <laughs> not in my spare time. Um yeah, I don't I don't drink coffee off the clock. Um, so yeah, but so yeah, we're urban, so we like normal mac and cheese, and we hope yes. you do too. Uh, the only way that we are 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 us being urban, are adventurous with the mac and cheese, are with the different types of cheeses. Yeah, but that probably doesn't go beyond you know uh, cheddar, mm-hmm. um, American, mm-hmm. maybe. Mozzarella. I had some Gouda, Munster, which isn't too bad. Gouda. Yeah. Swiss doesn't. I feel like Swiss doesn't translate. Yeah. No. I mean, it's got to be maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. but not enough to where it like overpowers everything else. You know what we should do? We should post um, mac and cheese recipes. <laughs> like that'll be our thing for thing. Just a mac and cheese recipe. It's not extra. It doesn't have raisins in it or carrots or no. apples. 
just a regular, yeah. <laughs> regular mac and cheese. <laughs> regular mac and cheese. All right. So, you know, thanks for listening to the mac and cheese thing. All right. So if you would like to listen to us, um, and I'm going to quote Greg here because I think it's funny. Um, if you're trying to avoid the busker <laughs> on the subway, <laughs> which apparently Katie Tunstall used to do quite a bit, apparently, yeah. over in England. She said they used to busk a lot, which made her a busker. Um, so if you're trying to ignore the woman who might be the next Katie Tunstall. <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a New York thing. Yeah. Yeah. She would talk about that, though, on um, was it live from Daryl's house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they did one with her. And uh, she said her and her friends used to busk. And I had seen that episode before. And I don't know how I missed that. But it's probably because I just had never been familiar with the phrase until you brought it up. What a busker is. I was, I'd never, I wouldn't even know to I listen to it. I think it was something it. I read about, um, I was reading about Joaquin Phoenix. Did he do that? Yeah, like him and, his, and, and River Phoenix, they yeah. did that as kids. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say he was doing was, it And it was like, they were a busker. I was reading this on Wikipedia. I was like, what's a busker? I really so, thought you were going to yeah. say they did it. He did it recently. <laughs> and that would just reaffirm, like, well, that, he's just yeah, an odd guy. That, that wouldn't be out of exactly. the realm of possibility. He's an odd dude. All right, so if you're trying to avoid the busker on the train <laughs> or the bus stop or just, you know, walking through the city, one of the boroughs, um, you can you can check us out on, you know, because we're a podcast. Listen to us on the go. Get your your uh, your earbuds in, you know, check us out on iTunes, Google Play Music, on Podomatic, um, listen notes, you know, go on there. We got the we got them bomb show notes, you know, check us out. Um so, you know, um, auto radio, cast box, overcast, tune in, um, you know, really any of those aggregate podcast websites or apps, check us out on the go, avoid the busker, avoid the coworker that you don't want to talk to that wants you to try the, the potato salad with raisins. Um, listen to us, tell your friends about us, um, leave us a five-star review. It seems simple, but it helps anything less. We might assume you're a hater. Yes. Drinking that haterade. Don't drink the haterade. Just accumulating hateration and holleration yeah. in this in dancery. dancery. <laughs> Where they um bake up dances. That's what's in the that's what they're making the dancery. <laughs> um so yeah, that'll do it for our program. What should we end the show with? <laughs> I was gonna say Mbop. <laughs> we could do that. Oh man. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we'll end the show with some Hanson. From the heartland. <laughs> <laughs> was it Nowhere, Oklahoma was the name of it? The album? Yeah. Middle of Nowhere. Middle of Nowhere, which is Oklahoma. <laughs> no offense. I know you're, you, you're from Oklahoma, my bad. Not I haven't that. been back in a while. Okay. Middle of Nowhere, Oklahoma. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll play that, and we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace. Peace.